0: Hey all you cool white ales and whipped beers, welcome to another episode of Boys Are From Martin, a women and beer podcast. On this episode I am joined with Brandy Hillman of Hillman Beer in Asheville, North Carolina. Brandy is the founder and owner of Hillman Beer. Before we get to that interview with Brandy, I actually just got back from the Pink Boots Conference in Charlotte, North Carolina. It was two full days of some really great panels and full of great speakers and um, I feel very motivated coming back from that conference I think that'd be the best word to say while I was in Charlotte I got to check out a lot of cool breweries if you aren't familiar Charlotte has many many breweries to offer it's kind of not as talked about as the beer city in North Carolina I guess it kind of gets overlooked by Asheville but lots of great breweries went to Salud San Receria. had a Czech Pilsner that was really good went to uh, Divine Barrel, had a Whip Beer that was really good Resident culture had a couple Pilsners on top and a Cryo IPA that was really good. Heist, um, I, you know, so many great breweries in there that we got to check out, and um, lots of good beer was drank. Um, something that I want to, something that I learned at the conference that I want to tell you about is this organization called Lifting Lucy, um, which is an organization founded by three women who, three women of color who work in the beer industry. And it's about, you know, promoting, um, black indigenous women of color, um, and help them get, you know, start in the beer industry, help getting them, um, you know, it's hard for women in general and just especially women of color to get their start in the beer industry. So go check out Lifting Lucy on the internet, follow them all on social media. The three women who are behind that are doing some really incredible things. And I was very cool to learn about it. And, um. I love what they're doing and I can't wait to see where they take it. Every week I come in here to tell you about Louisville Ale Trail. The past couple weeks I've been telling you about their new Kentucky Commons Radio Hour podcast. And while I think you should definitely go check that out and listen to it, I already listened to today's episode, Um, I just want to go back from the beginning. So they are a brewery passport program that really helps you navigate Louisville's beer scene um, through a carefully curated guide that through the passport, it's a physical passport, they have tips and you know beer recommendations and so obviously Louisville is you know not really a beer city Um, obviously we are known for bourbon but what they're doing to really highlight and showcase the amazing beer that is brewed and made here in Louisville is really awesome and I can't say enough about them Um, Louisville Ale Trail go check them out on social media Facebook Instagram Twitter check them out online if you're ever in Louisville pick up a passport as always Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the episode with Brandy. Hello, everybody. I am joined with Brandy Hillman. Brandy is the co-owner, co-founder. Is is it both, or is it either? It's all the yeah, all the things <laughs> of Hillman Beer out of Asheville, North Carolina. Brandy, how are you doing this Monday afternoon? Great. How are you, Candy? Good. Uh, we were just talking on before we I hit record. Um, I was introduced to Hillman um, when Highwire did a Asheville Brewing outing for the managers back in June. So we started at Hillman um, with lunch because they have some of the best food in Asheville, which we will get into later. Um, and I really enjoyed the beers. And when I was Asking suggestions on some people to some people to have on this podcast, your name was brought up, and so I was super stoked to to be able to talk to you after my experience there back in. Gosh, I was I guess I was June, so it's been a few months, but um, I remember oh. what I had and what I drank, so that must have left a pretty good <laughs> good impact on me. Um, like I mentioned, um, you are the co-owner and co-founder of Hillman Beer. Company, Beer, you started it with your your husband Greg and his brother Brad in mm-hmm. April 2017. So we'll kind of start from the beginning. If people aren't familiar with Hillman, tell them about it.
1: So um, my brother-in-law Brad uh, has been a home brewer for many years and was living in Brooklyn, homebrewing in his brownstone, you know, taking up very valuable space (laughs) for his brew house um and it was just really good he made great beer and um when greg and i started dating we'd go up and visit i was like brad you really should move to Asheville. we should start a brewery but this was 13 years ago is when this started greg and i started Mm -hmm. dating 13 14 years ago and um And he was like, yeah, no way I'm leaving Brooklyn. And he tried to open a brewery there, but um, they have much stricter laws, or they did at the time. It was very hard, um, even though he had some interest and some investors, but just couldn't do it. So finally, um, gosh, it'll be almost seven years ago, uh, he found his way from Brooklyn to Charleston and said, gosh, I don't know what to do next. And Greg and I were like, well, one more chance move to Asheville and let's start a brewery (laughs) because, because at the time we were like, Hey, we're, we're going to see the bubble um, in Asheville, I think. And, you know, we don't want to miss the bus. And if we don't do it now, I I don't know that we'll be able to. So um, anyway, and he did, he just loaded up and moved up here. (laughs) We started brewing in our garage um, like most people do. Uh, just a one barrel system and really just had parties to get the word out and invite friends and test some beers. I mean, we had uh, 14, 10 to 14, I can't remember now, beers on draft in our garage, which was pretty awesome. Oh Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we were the most popular people in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wanted to be our friend. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> So that was pretty cool and just got, did a lot of research while we were finding a place and building it out. So we left the brew house there in the, the garage until we were ready to roll and ended up not moving that brew house. Um, we bought a, a five barrel uh, for our first spot in Asheville. So, yeah, it took us about a year and a half um, to build out the space we rented, we leased, because it was a very scary space before it was many clubs and things that kept getting shut down for drugs and violence and whatnot so we we burned some sage we got all the bad <laughs> spirits out and so yeah uh, april of 2017 finally um officially got open uh, we in our logo we have people question we have 16 in it and that's just when we incorporated and, and had high hopes of opening in 16 but
0: it, you know how that goes uh, right. 17 was when it really happened so so yeah so you like i mentioned earlier you're the one of the, the co-founders with your husband and your brother-in-law, but you wear a lot of hats for Hillman. As I was, when I was doing my research, it was like, she does this, this, and this, and this, and this. And so I was like, well, instead of me naming the, all, I'll kind of give you a chance to explain what your role is at Hillman. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, just like with any business, um, you're usually wearing all the hats. And mm-hmm.
1: lucky enough for us, I guess the experience we've had in previous businesses, we divided and conquered between the three of us. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Brad was the brew house, you know, ordering, brewing, kegging, all things on the beer side of the world. Um, And then my husband, Greg, his experience and background really just became the operations. Um, You know, the the construction piece, my mom was actually a general contractor, but Greg managed all those um, contractors, you know, plumbing and uh, electrical that happened during the process. And really, Greg does all the things you know, hands-on and mechanical and electrical, and he's the IT department. <laughs> and then my role is really, you know, just the PR and the marketing. I had been living in Asheville already, gosh, you know, 16 years and had been in business in Asheville. So everyone, I already had you know, established kind of my life here and, and had a lot of networks, which was great. So I just continued with that and making those connections and because my background was business banking mm-hmm. and sales, and so I, kn- you know, I knew a good bit of the business world. So the banking piece was mine. The social media for a while, you know, we've handed some of those things off here and there. But I was doing the wholesale, um, all the invoicing for that, and all the HR, the payroll. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and thank goodness again, we've we've grown enough where I've been able to. Uh, all of us have been able to hand off a, a few things and have a much bigger management staff now.
0: So part of that growth was opening a second location um, in Old Fort, which again I had to look up; wasn't super familiar with it. Yeah, it looks it looks to be about twenty five miles east of Asheville. Is that correct? Correct.
1: You're right. Yep.
0: Yeah. So, um, so first question is what? Fi- like what? What led to his opening a second location? Where did that decision come from?
1: So. We were, we were busy in Asheville, you know, doing well there for Mm -hmm. sure, but uh, we needed more production space and um, we were familiar with Old Fort because Greg and I had a business. We built a business uh, six years prior in Old Fort. So we sort of knew what was happening there. It was a, a mill town, manufacturing, falling on hard times, you know, not a lot of jobs. Most people, a lot of people live here, but they commute to Asheville or to Morganton or Shelby, you know, just surrounding areas for work. And the idea came up, our landlord for the other business said, I got this huge space across the street. It used to be a um, hosiery, Parker hosiery for three generations, you know, making socks. And he said, Hey, y'all can have this huge space to make beer. And we're like, yeah, you know, it's great. And it's, it's very cheap compared to Asheville. But if we can't sell it from the tap room, that really doesn't make a lot of sense. Like if we're going to have a big space, we really should make it where we can sell the beer too.
0: Because Because at that that (laughs) time you couldn't sell beer, wine, or spirits on premise, correct? Correct. When when you were contact about space.
1: Correct. And um, well, wineries were able to do it um, because they had a classification with their manufacturing it, they could sell it. So there were a couple of wineries in the area, nothing in old Fort though. And um, so we, you know, got involved with our state legislature and a couple other people, local representatives and said, hey, this is crazy. Let's make, how can we make these at least be on the same playing field, like the same rule? And thank goodness, prior to COVID, um, we were, it was able to get, a, you know, voted on and passed uh, North Carolina. So once that happened, we we're like, all right, we're in, we're coming. You know, it's a, it was an awesome huge industrial space and could just really see a lot of potential. It was on the water, mm-hmm. um, which we clearly like, I guess we like to pay flood insurance for some <laughs> reason, um, but it does make it nice. <laughs> yeah. So our rules are we have to have bricks be on the water and there's train tracks close by. <laughs> so that checks yep. all the things. And, and so, yeah, so we're the first alcohol legal alcohol since prohibition.
0: Yeah. That was my next thing. I read that it was the first Oh, well, the first brewery, obviously, but mm-hmm. uh, since Prohibition, which is pretty cool, and you are a major part of getting that um, law changed, which is which is awesome, which is kind of crazy. I'm in Kentucky, and we still have some. I think we still have some dry counties. A lot of them are moist now, which I hate that word, but yeah. it's yeah. honestly crazy that in you know 2020 or whatever that there's still <laughs> alcohol laws or ban- alcohol bands or whatever in some cities and towns yeah
1: yeah it was actually a a real struggle for us we you know since I'm the PR person (laughs) I got to go to all the town hall meetings and plead our case and say you know I swear craft you know brew pubs are are really nice places you know it's where families Mm -hmm. go and you bring your dogs and I swear you know it's not a strip club (laughs) you know just because they they just imagine you know the worst case scenario and so really had to prove ourselves and stay in front of them and just say, you know, give us a chance. Um, we had to pay for police coverage on the weekends for six months.
0: Oh, wow. Because um, yeah. they thought they thinks bad things were going to happen, essentially? Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and the town didn't have coverage, which was crazy. I was like, wait, we didn't have police officers on the weekend? <laughs> so so we learned some things. Um, and, yeah, I grew up in a small town, and I, I respect mm-hmm. it. Um, but um, w- this was something worth fighting for and, and to bring jobs back to Old Fort and to bring a place where the community can congregate. I mean, we do a lot of fundraising and stuff. And I've, all, I've said for years that um, the breweries are the, the next community center. You know, yeah. that's where all the things happen. It's where you register people to vote and you give blood and you mm-hmm. adopt dogs. And so all the good things in the world <laughs> you know
0: are happening in a brewery. So you've been open there over a year I'm sure it's gone well and yeah, um, yeah. people understand why you wanted to sell alcohol on premise
1: yeah for the most part we saw a few people that you know don't care for us and that's okay I mean you can't
0: you know win everyone over by any
1: means but hopefully in time we'll gradually convince them that you know we're here to do good things and do the right thing and um, do the best we can. So, yeah, July, I mid-July mean, will be two years uh, for the Old Fort location. So it's pretty crazy opening in the middle of COVID and
0: <laughs> that was, figuring it the, out. Yeah, that was my next question is what was, you know, beside, I mean, crazy. You had to battle, you know, the liquor law and then you had to battle COVID and successfully open a brewery, especially in a town where, you know, you're the first brewery. So yeah. probably not the easiest time to open one, but it seems like it's worked out.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's exceeded expectations. And there's, in this town, there's only growth to be had. There's just yeah. so much more potential here. And there's great things happening with some nonprofits, um, G5 Trail Collective doing uh, trail work in the Pisgah Forest. Like, you know, they just got approved, you know, 46 new miles on, on Curtis Creek, which I'm you know, saying that you don't know what I'm talking about, but it's very exciting. There's just a lot happening and a lot of moving and shaking happening here. And it's cool to be on the front end of that, that catalyst, hopefully to, to bring it. so it's, it's kind of funny. I joke with people. I'm like, we had like three towns begging us to open a second place. And then we go to the,
0: the one that they're fighting. That, us my, that was, gonna, that was gonna my next question. Was it always going to be oh, for, a second location or were there's other, other places or was, a second location in Asheville something you all thought about.
1: Um, We thought about, but we just could see the the potential, you know, and it's still there. It's just still there. And um, Mm -hmm. we're still happy with our decision. And even with all the kind of, you know, continued kind of fight of the idea of it, but, you know, it's a big decision on the second one for sure. Like, what do you Mm want to do? Do you want to go downtown right? um, and just have that immediate, customer base but do you want to deal with the stuff
0: of downtown you know it's just there's all the things you know all you have to weigh out so yeah yeah old old Ford seems seems like an interest I was looking at pictures of it and also I mean (laughs) it's a it's a cool name too old Ford I was like where's I was like I didn't know that was the name of the city when I was yeah where's this in Asheville but yeah and you know
1: it's there's a lot of history here and you know it's a gateway to the Smokies because it's Mm -hmm. a significant geographical barrier um on 40 so you know once you kind of hit the mountain and head up you know you're all just at the base of it so it feels like it's far away but it's only 25 miles and really uh, and buncombe county is making its way this way because it still is cheaper than buncombe county and right. it's not that far it's not hard to get get there and um but we have a lot of folks from black mountain so black mountains between us and Asheville. um folks from marion that come morganton so we've got traffic coming from all areas which is cool
0: and I'm sure you're you're hitting that demographic that lives just a little bit outside Asheville on the east side that doesn't want to keep traveling into downtown Asheville so um
1: correct there's there's a a, it's a funny split mix of folks are like either they love still going downtown or they do not go downtown So so when you know, they, they don't want to go downtown and they've got they can go to Black Mountain, then go to Swannanoa, then come to Old Fort and it's kinda of funny. Yeah.
0: You mentioned earlier and I wanted to tell this you mentioned that, you know, people thought you know, having alcohol would be like a strip club or something. Well, when Highwire moved into uh the the so the one in Louisville is like um, underneath apartment complexes. Mm-hmm. And we put our like neon logo sign up and you're familiar with the walker. He's got the, mm-hmm. the, the, on the tightrope. Well, the tenants thought there was a strip club going into the space <laughs> because the neon logo, cause we're doing, we did like pink and green colors. Plus like the tightrope, I guess the pole he's holding, like the, the boundary, <laughs> I guess they thought it was a strip, stripper pole. So Interesting. It, you know, <laughs> the property manager when we opened, he was like, "You don't know how many people thought a strip club was opening up in the, of all like the bright colors and the logo." So, uh, we definitely had a good chuckle with that. We we're like, "Nope, not a strip club, just just a brewery."
1: Sorry to break your hearts. <laughs> I, I
0: some of them were kind of excited. How so, so, what what would you say that like if people haven't been to both? Or they've been to the actual one location or the Biltmore Village or been to Old Old Fort one? What's the biggest difference between the two locations? Or would you say um, they're pretty similar?
1: They're very similar in feel, but Old Fort is just so much bigger. Like it's just on a bigger scale. So mm-hmm. it's a high ceilings, but it's still that kind of industrial space on the water, you know, outside feel. Um, even though it's industrial, we have cushioned chairs. So we want it to still be comfortable. Like They're still you know, purse hooks under every table, you know, we, all those little stupid things that you think are, you know, don't matter, but no. we try to be consistent with it. And, um, so it's still a similar layout, similar, like, you know, wooden slats with black, you know, this. And mm-hmm.
0: so it's very, I think
1: would say so just more similar, the big difference is just that it's just so much larger.
0: And yeah. And so is most of your production happening at the old Fort location yeah. now?
1: Yeah, so uh, I think I told you had a five barrel in Asheville with seven um, 10 barrel fermenters um, there, and then when we built Old Fort, we did a ten barrel brew house. Okay. And I think now we're at five twenties and a couple of thirty barrel fermenters now. So, so a lot the, Yeah, nothing compared to our. Um, God, I was just in there <laughs> <this> Saturday. <laughs> I was like, holy moly, yeah. um, having a beer back there. But anyway. It's uh, So the, the our flagships and what we sell the most, you know, that's what's happening in Old Fort uh, that we're going through the most of. And then Asheville, we're still brewing there. It's just the smaller batch things, the seasonal, the rotations. Right. Yeah.
0: So, And then a major part of both taprooms is your food and your obviously the food menu. You know, deciding to do an in-house food option is some breweries go full head on it or full in on it. Some do the food truck. The permanent food truck. Someone do a food truck schedule. Why was in-house food important for you all to do?
1: From day one, we just we knew what where we wanted to go and hang out, and so mm-hmm. we created that kind of space. And that meant, yeah, you know, just you know, really good craft beer with lots of options from style options. Those was very important to us. I feel like our menu, it's a good mix. It's not nine IPAs out of ten and um, and to have food, and it, you know I wouldn't say it's you know like bar food, but it's not rush you know like a full blown you know high end it's a nice in between and when we started Asheville, um we had a couple of folks that were willing to lease the kitchen from us and do the food, and we did that for a couple gosh um like a two and a half three years with them, and then it just got to be too big, it was just too yeah. much for them, it was their first business and so we parted ways, you know, bought their recipes and just and took it on. And, and we all, the three of us have food backgrounds, but we've been in the food beverage industry our entire lives, all of mm-hmm. us. But I don't want to be the chef and I don't need to be the chef and I don't want to be in the kitchen. And we all know that. So we've finally gradually been able to fill positions and find people to fit those roles to really manage that side because it's a nightmare. Yes. <laughs> food stinks, you know, I mean, you ha- we realize we have to have it. We want it. We know it stinks, but we're going to, you know, find people, the right people to manage it that know what they're doing. So that's just really, it was really important to us to have it.
0: Yeah, I was definitely impressed by your menu. Um, I enjoy going to breweries that kind of have like a, an upscale menu, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you can go to a lot of breweries and it's just bar food and that's great, but it's, <clears throat> it's nice to go and get good beer, but also like really you know, good food that's, you know, tastefully curated to like, go with some of your beers. Um, I had the falafel wrap, I believe. Nice the yeah. wrap. I'm a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. So it's always nice. nice. Okay, good. good. Good veggie option. It was really good. Um, so, and that's
1: important for us to have, I mean, especially in Asheville it was to have a vegan and vegetarian option. So, you know, we have the house-made veggie, but mm-hmm. Patty, that can be substituted. We have tempeh and the falafel and, right. So yeah, so you can definitely get that,
0: and you can tell when people care about like other diets instead of just having like a Beyond Burger patty. You you know when they have like a in-house, you know in made in-house whatever. So um, yeah, I had that in the Kolsch, and it was it was a nice. pretty good start to that day. And yeah, like good. I said, I remembered what I ate and drank, which is a good thing. It means I left a good impression
1: that's awesome yeah no we've been super lucky with with the the crew that we have that manage it and um it's, it's just a hard industry and it's been even harder in the last couple of years we all know it's just um been interesting but we're we're, we're grateful for what we've created and maintained and an offer for sure so
0: i mentioned your kolsch which i really enjoyed but i also read that you in your first year being open you won um a gold or you won
1: bronze bronze medal Mm -hmm. I'm sorry
0: for your Belgian quad at GABF that year um for Fat Baby what did it mean to win a a GABF medal in your first year being open
1: it was crazy I mean it was so random that we even sent it we're kind of lazy when it comes to that stuff to be honest um we've we've only entered GABF now four times and we won three of them yeah, I have. We to did point. World Beer Cup once. We I mean, entered World Beer Cup only once. Didn't win anything there, but it's just kind of like, I don't know, it's a lot of work to put those crawlers together and chip them. <laughs> I was so lame, but that's, you know. Well,
0: it, hey, at least you did it. You won. That's... <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. It was exciting. It's funny. We were working at Oktoberfest Festival in Asheville in downtown. <laughs> and I was pouring beer. Brad's going to kill me if he hears this. I was pouring beer with Brad, oh, with Greg. We were both behind the keg rater and Brad's like, it was his turn to go walk away and walk around and he's out, out in the lawn and he's like, my phone's blowing up and he's waving at us and he comes running over and he's like crying and he's telling us <laughs> what happened that mm-hmm. someone called. We didn't know. Mm-hmm. People called us and told us. <laughs> we didn't even know when they were announcing it. Like <laughs> it's so dumb that we, didn't take us you know anyway we were grateful and it was very exciting for
0: sure and then you so. won silver for your um hillman esb which stands for extra special Bitter, mm-hmm. and then gold for it again in uh, the following year so yeah yeah it's, it, it, so i always forget that you can enter the same beer again and then obviously it just kind of depends what else is in, in the category but so you've won a medal at gabf for the first three years of being open
1: yeah, so, it, yeah, so, it's crazy.
0: And we'll, it, yeah, to repeat too, which is, I mean, is awesome and a testament to um, the brewing that you all are doing.
1: Yeah, that was exciting. And hey, I think Brad resubmitted the ESP because he's just like, damn it, I know it's good. Like, it <laughs> is good. And I, it's funny, uh, that was one of the ones in the beginning where I was like your ESB is like nobody else's that I've ever had and an ESB wasn't something I'd really ever had you know I've right. had browns and porters and whatnot when I lived out west and but the ESB wasn't something I was familiar with um so yeah it's certainly uh, our go-to
0: <laughs> I remember the first time I had an ESB and I was like I was like this is the weirdest it's the weirdest beer <laughs> style because the name obviously does not reflect the style um and it's not a lot of you know it's not a lot of, it's not a style that a lot of breweries do so it's cool to see a brewery do it and then do it well um there's a small town brewery here that won I think either silver or bronze for their ESBA which was pretty incredible when I say like very very small town so
1: cool yeah yeah it's fun to see some of those random styles you know Coles was kind of random um, although French broad across the way, they'd had one forever, but no one else had really made a Kolsch and my, Greg and I, my husband and I lived in Germany for a while. So, you know, that it, the menu reflects our love of German and Belgian beers for sure. So the Kolsch was, you know, one from the very beginning and it's one we'll always have just, it, it's so good and clean and it's that. And I, I've later learned, or I don't even know if this is why they call it, French Broad calls it gateway Kolsch, but it is the gateway beer to craft beer. I really feel like, you know, it's that easy, you know, the person walks up and goes, what should I get? And they're like, well, what do you drink? And they go, Bud Light. I'm like, okay, Kolsch <laughs> is what you should get then. So it's kind of that introduction, you know, very mild, uh, great flavor, but crisp and clean. And so anyway, that's funny. We'll, we'll always, that's probably, that's our number three seller.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it has been had, for
1: five years, so.
0: I had it and it's very delicious, so. Good, great. in addition to, you mentioned all the other things you do, I believe you kind of manage or spearhead the your community outreach part of Hillman. I know y'all do a lot of things. Um, and especially your Power and Pines program. Yeah. yeah. So talk about that. Tell people about that.
1: So in the beginning, we were overwhelmed by people asking for stuff (laughs) you get it. I know you see it, you hear it all the time and that's fine. And we weren't, you know, our other businesses, we were never bombarded quite like that. So um, we decided immediately that we should just pick 12 nonprofits. They're in our immediate community. So it's related to our staff, the people down the road Um, and to pick 12 different ones to cover all the bases. So um we support Mana Food Bank, so food. Um our voice which is uh sexual harassment and um you know, education, uh hope chest for women, so breast cancer awareness, mammograms, um outward bounds veterans program, so supporting veterans. So it was just from the beginning, I just said, guys, I got to, we just got to do this. And then that way I can say when someone asks for something, they, you know, we really do try to do our best to support a variety of nonprofits and, and these are just set. And so it's not chaotic. And it's always our voice is always in March because it's sexual harassment awareness, awareness month. Um, hope, um, hope chest for women is always in October because it's breast cancer awareness. So if I tied it together and made a story, it just I think gets a little more attention and people recognize they'll eventually get you know oh every march over at Hillman it's always going to be our voice or every so it just gets people in a, in a habit and a routine and last year we raised uh twenty thousand about twenty thousand dollars between swag donations um, and then those power and pints so as a combination I mean we still do a few of those things um,
0: a variety but the big piece is the power and pints so how do you do that? So for the month of, you know, March for, um, um we vow, we, right? our voice, our, our voice. voice. Yeah.
1: yeah Yep. Yeah. So um, March, um, I kind of communicate with them about a Monday. We always do it on a Monday. A Monday. Okay. You know, there's, it's a little bit slower day. So hopefully bring right. some more people out for that event and bring more awareness to it. So that whole day that we decide on that Monday from 11 to 10, every Hillman beer, that's poured on draft. A dollar goes to the nonprofit, so it does exclude wine and cider. Those aren't ours; we don't make that. So it's just, um, you know, there's no, not a lot of wiggle room in those. But so it's encouraging folks to try Hillman product. and then yeah, I just write a, a check to those folks for what we ended up selling for the whole day.
0: Yeah, I, I, when I was reading about that, I liked the, you know, each month we have one and for the whole month. And you have 12 to pick from each month. And I think that's really cool because you get to, you know, do, like you said, you have 12 different kind of organizations. Not all just like domestic violence, not all just food, right. not all just animals, not all just veterans. So it's cool that you get to do 12 different ones. And um, you don't see, you see a lot of breweries doing community like community outreach, stuff like that. But I, I love the way that you've thought about it and in, in the, the different, the 12 different ones in each month. And cause then, you know, a year later you're still doing that same one and people yeah. remember that.
1: Yeah. I mean, we have, of course people go, well, we do food too. I'm like, well, you know, I just, we just, we know these folks, we've worked with them. I'm sorry if something ever changes. I could, you know, maybe you could fill that slot or fill that spot, but do know we're do we're we're focusing on that topic right. th- this month with at least another organization doing what you're doing. So, um, so it, it's hard to say no, but that made it easier to still be involved and still say
0: no, but we're still doing this, right? And, yeah. It's yeah. so hard to say no to those things. So. It is. Gosh, it's. You just uh, feel like a terrible person, but you're not clearly. So uh,
1: I used to answer every info email, but those days <laughs> are gone. Yeah. I just yeah. can't. It's just so much. But <laughs> But yeah, beyond the power and pints, too, I was just going to tell you we do uh, blood drives every month with a mm-hmm. blood connection. And we've been doing that from almost day one. And those are huge. Um, and then we always do a mobile mammogram bus. Yes. At both locations in October, so that ties into breast cancer awareness. Um, uh, it's a, a group called Envision Diagnostics that they have a little bus, and it's like a, you know, mammogram on wheels. It's pretty cool. You can take your beer on the bus, and <laughs> you can't beat that—a beer while you're having a mammogram. I mean, <laughs> well, it makes it a little less nerve-wracking, too. It, it, it sure does. So, so that's important to us. Uh, our families have been affected by breast cancer, so we make sure we bring attention to that and support it.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, family is a huge part of what Hillman is. Um, you work with your husband and your brother-in-law. Yeah. You mentioned your oh. mom. Was, oh gosh, I <laughs> know. I won't. I won't <laughs> say what she just did um, on the camera, but yeah. it was definitely a, a loving gesture. It was. Yeah. Um, you mentioned your mom served as your 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 contractor for the yeah. the building in Biltmore Village. So clearly, family is important to you. And you know what what does it mean to have your family around in in, in this career and um, you get to go every day and work with your husband, whether that's a good thing or bad thing. Some days,
1: yeah, yeah, you know, it's tough. It's hard to separate that. But it's funny. that the five businesses I've had, has always been have been with family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I had one for 15 years with my sister, and then the other businesses I've had are with, with Greg. So we that's all we about know. Our entire lives together is <laughs> working together. So it's hard.
0: Yeah. You know, there's,
1: it's not easy. Just. With any business partners, period, and sometimes you know, with family, it's you have to shut off your personal feelings and say, "This is business." You know, I'm not saying this to you to for you to get your feelings hurt. I'm just saying this is just is what it is, and that's how we should do it. (laughs) So we do pretty well, the three of us. Uh, Usually, if we have to vote, you know, allows for someone to 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 sway one way or the other, and then yeah. Greg's parents, Greg and Brad's parents have a little bit of ownership, so they just wanted to be part of it in the very beginning, and we're like, okay, but they don't, they're uh, not involved in any kind of operations, so so yeah, it's it's for real family.
0: <laughs> it, it seems to work well, so it's yeah. it's something that like when mm-hmm. I think about, there's a lot of breweries where, you know, husband and wives are involved, or it's a family kind mm-hmm. of affair, essentially, it's like, man, how does that work? And then I think about, I'm like, there's so many... You know, husband and wife brewery owners, man management, whatever, and it's it's. I wonder how many like other types of industries where, you know, married people are working together, or if it's more in beer. So I, I I'd love to It'd like interesting to know that. I, mean, yeah. I bet it's
1: a lot outside of beer too, but probably mostly of the beer ownership, it is family mm. for yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. But you, I would say on that note, it's important to have a proper operating agreement. <laughs> Here's my disclaimer. <laughs> right. So, you know, you do those things and you sign mm-hmm. those things in the beginning when everyone's happy and everything's great. And uh, so then when it, things do go sideways, you have something to go back to and go, listen, this is what we agreed upon. This so, is what it is. So,
0: <laughs> I uh, know a brewer, um, a brewer, or owner, brewer and she started her brewery with her ex-husband so when they divorced she got the, she got the brewery um which obviously it worked out but it's it's funny that that stuff can happen thankfully yeah, it, was it like, happens yeah yeah, yeah. um kind of going away from hillman you are involved in the Asheville brewers alliance you previously served as the first female president awesome but yeah. now you are just um one of the at-large Board members. Yep. So, first of all, tell people kind of what the Asheville Brewers Alliance is. So, the Asheville Brewers Alliance was started
1: to support craft breweries in Western North Carolina and those associate member or those associate businesses related to the craft beer industry. So, you know, like North Carolina has a guild that covers right. the entire state, and then there's regional guilds among the state, and, the, and Asheville covers. Um the western sixteen westernmost counties of North Carolina, sixteen or seventeen, I always mess that up. but um yeah, so I joined the board in um, eighteen, two thousand and eighteen and pretty quickly rolled into uh, really treasure and then presence role for about two and a half years. so I just um, yeah, it, we have an amazing, yeah, our industry is so awesome. and I I can't say that for everywhere. Western North Carolina is amazing. Mm-hmm. We all like each other for the most part. We support each other. We swap hops with each other, like whatever anyone needs. And, you know, it's a text, it's a phone call away. And I, I think overall the industry is that way, but I feel really lucky. I feel like Asheville maybe has a little bit more of a supporting nature. Um, but again, I don't, you know, I've not been in any other market, but just from what I understand, um, talking outside of the market that, yeah, I think we've we're really lucky in what we have created and the folks that are part of it so.
0: Yeah, I've seen a little glimpse of that just, you know, being with Highwire and going to Asheville and visiting some of the other breweries with people who work at the Asheville Highwire and you could really tell you all respect each other <laughs> and, you know, everyone thinks, you know, oh, aren't they your competition? It's like well, in Asheville, not really, because it's just a, it's a beer tourist town. And if one ben if one is successful, they're all successful. And, um, right. and right. so we I think been... that,
1: sorry, go ahead.
0: <laughs> I was just saying, I think that's, you know, really cool for, uh, you know, such a big beer city to, to, you know, work together very well and, you know, text messages and reaching out. And like you mentioned, you were at Highwire and, you yeah. know, Highwire crew went to Hillman and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. just, it's really neat. And, you don't see that everywhere.
1: No, you don't. So we're super grateful for it. Um In Old Fort, we have a second brewery opening trying to open mm-hmm. here. And everyone's like, oh, no, are y'all worried? we are like, no, it's great. I mean, right. They're going to come and stay all day. So they're going to go for a hike or a bike ride. Right. And then hopefully come have lunch at Helmet, stay here for a while, and then go over to Whaley. Exactly. We like, think it's great. When there's two or three in a pocket and it's walkable, I think I mean, it's a no-brainer, you know? So, I, yeah, to each their own and go for it. And that's why I joked earlier saying we thought that the bubble was like
0: seven years ago for Asheville, right. but
1: right. what do we know?
0: <laughs> I, I actually uh, inter- did an interview with Leah Wong Ashburn from Highland, oh, and she yeah. was kind of saying the same thing. She was like, We have this this panic in, in 2015, thinking this huge bubble was going to burst <laughs> and that it was going to be oversaturated. And now she's like, Here we are, six years later, and nope, Fine. it hasn't. Yeah. Nope, it's still going. <laughs>
1: I mean, we've lost a couple, but, you know, I don't think that that it's from that by any means. And that attrition is just natural. It's going to happen. So,
0: When breweries close nowadays, there's a reason. And the reasons are understandable. And it's not because that there's too many breweries. It's mismanagement of something else. So,
1: yeah, Yeah. I love Leah. I respect her and uh, have been friends with her for a while. And actually it's funny (laughs) when we were, gonna commit to opening the Asheville location I went and met with her to let mm-hmm. her know face to face we were doing it because I felt like I was competing with her like I just wanted to be like hey so I'll <laughs> let you know this is happening I want you to hear from me
0: that's funny. <laughs> she was like okay great that's great so, yeah I'm, I'm doing my Asheville double double of interviews today so now I'm like okay um, now when can I take a trip there I'm like well that's can go anytime really time really. work who trip else, right who else are you talking to I, I, t- I interviewed Leah earlier today. Oh, earlier
1: today, oh good. yeah, so that's
0: awesome. Getting yeah. my Asheville—it's crazy. Yeah. I obviously Asheville is this big beer mech, and there's so many incredible women who work in there. And I haven't really done many interviews so with people out of Asheville, so I'm kind of doing my my Asheville nice. tour, I guess.
1: Well, she's the the go-to for sure. Yeah, yeah. Leah Leah Rainis
0: will be two of your. She, I, she's two the next Leas. one that I need to yeah. reach out to. Yeah, good. So so kind of just finishing. Um, this up what what's next for Hellman? obviously you opened in the beltmore village one 2017 you opened a second location three years later is there any anything next for you all that you're working towards or just kind of you know
1: doing yeah, what you're yeah. doing and
0: doing it well
1: taking a breather hoping to <laughs> you know getting both places to 100 percent. you know continually adding things or changing things to make it better you know those growth spurts are painful sometimes but they have to happen and, mm-hmm. Um, so doing some of that stuff through the, this winter, but, um, hopefully COVID will be gone soon. <laughs> it's, we're scared to do anything else until right. there's kind of light at the end of the tunnel here. But, yeah, you know, we've, we've have people message, I have people message me once a week trying to get us to open a brewery here or there, and, mm-hmm. um, and which is super flattering. And, uh, yeah. we're just trying to be cool, <laughs> yeah pay off some debt, lay low, right. be smart about our decisions. Um, just enjoy what we have for a moment because, mm-hmm. you know, quick growth can be uh, scary and uh, yeah. maybe not always the, the best move. So it just has to be right for us. So.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to, I, I knew that you had two locations, but I just, I didn't realize it was kind of not too far out of Asheville. So I'm excited to to check you out next time. Yeah. yeah the come old, down for sure. Old fort location next time I'm yeah. in town.
1: Uh, Uh, bring your hiking
0: boots or your mountain bike yes uh, I'm itching I love to hike and I'm itching to do it again um when I was in Nashville last time we did a bunch of hiking and the weather's just been I can't hike in the cold I I just I don't (laughs) like the cold so like I have to stop hiking for a good amount of the the year which which sucks but my dogs are they're ready to go I Continually to walk them long periods of time to keep them in shape, but right, right. Yeah, I actually did my first
1: snow hike yesterday, and that was interesting. So
0: uh, with just, poles and crampons, but that's not my ideal scenario. But I know I my the movement, my hiking backpack is like out staring at me, like use me. <laughs> you need to clean out your my water tube and my pole, and I'm like, I know it's just, I can't do it in the I can't bring myself to do it in the cold, <laughs> so. It's like when
1: they have Valentine candy out in December. It's just like, no, it's just not right. It's not right. right. (laughs)
0: Um, So like I mentioned in the beginning, I like to end every podcast with some rapid fire this or that and um, some questions to uh, finish it off. So we'll go ahead and get started. Okay. Do you prefer a six-pack of 12-ounce cans or a four-pack of 16-ounce cans?
1: Four of 16.
0: If you're drinking straight from it, a bottle or a can? Bottle, but
1: you don't find those
0: anymore. No, I guess
1: ever. But I prefer to drink of a bottle. I looked
0: at the. I was at the store the other day. and I was like, "Wow, nobody's putting beers in the bottles anymore, no. unless you're like Sierra Nevada, New Belgium, who just always have it."
1: Yeah, which I, I'm surprised they still do. I'm probably not going
0: all to cans, but yeah. Um, do you prefer New England or West Coast IPA?
1: New England. I can't even
0: do West Coast. Really? Yeah. See, I'm. I'm West Coast. I like New yeah. England's, but I. The piney citrusy ness of a west coast where I'm at. Oh. Uh stout reporter.
1: I hate to say this, but neither. Neither. <laughs> not a dark deer um, fan. I you know, browns and yes, but you know, malty yeah. on the malty yep. side, but yeah, no. Um uh, uh moostrel from Big Sky Brewing was my favorite for many, many years. And that's a, yeah, a brown, but yeah, that's what I, I can't
0: I love a brownout. Our bed of nails is your bed of nails is delicious. Yep, uh, it's so good. Everyone like whenever somebody orders it, I just like give them like a high five. I'm like yes. Like <laughs> I think if Highwire was ever to be like we're taking this one away, I would I probably quit. I'd be like here's two weeks. They
1: will never take that one away. It's no, delicious. they won't.
0: Thankfully. Yeah, uh, seltzer cider. Or neither. I say neither Another to this drink. one yep. too. Sorry, neither. I'm the same sorry. way. So sorry. Um, Gosa or Berliner Weiss? Uh, Berliner Weiss. Berliner? Chocolate or vanilla in your beer? Neither. Neither. I'm a chocolate sometimes, but I'm an either either. I'm a
1: purist. I can't. I just,
0: yeah. Same. Even sometimes fruit, like fruit adders. Yeah. I'm like, ugh.
1: We always have a sour on draft, yeah. and I just can't. They just give me heartburn. I don't,
0: it's just a lot going on. See, I was just going to say, I was like, those heavily fruited sours give me heartburn. And I'm, I mean,
1: it's a, it's a puree. So it's not like it's artificial. You know, we right. only use real fruit. I just, I can't do
0: it. Last time I had a heavily fruited Berliner, it gave me such bad heartburn. And that was like mm. six months ago. And I haven't touched one since. Yeah, And I
1: say Berliner, but I haven't had one in forever. So who knows? I used to love Sierra's, Otra Vez, the original one. Mm-hmm. So I, you yeah. know, that one I could go either way, but yeah. Yeah.
0: I it's it's very embarrassing when I tell people I get heartburn from beer they're like how old are you and I'm like
1: well you should try these sours I'm telling you they're they're sour
0: (laughs) all right brewery cats or brewery dogs dogs all the way yep Uh, favorite beer city that you've been to you cannot say Asheville
1: uh, I lived in Yellowstone one summer in college, and so Big Sky Brewing, just that whole area opened my yeah. eyes to a world of craft beer I did not know. It was in 1998.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, out, you know, people don't think of that area to be big in beer, and it surprisingly is, so. Yeah, it's, they've been doing it longer
1: mm-hmm. than you know, we have, so. Uh,
0: favorite beer glass style?
1: Heffy beautiful Hefeweitz and glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Those we have several that we paid for in Germany and brought yep. them back with us, <laughs> I promise. <laughs> so, yeah. Favorite hop
0: variety? Oh, um, Mosaic. Mosaic, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your go-to beer right now? It can be a Hillman beer or it can be
1: a non-Hillman beer. Gosh, our Hazy, our New England IPA. Um, and then also our Mosaic, which we're about out of. But it's a four and a half percent oh wow four, it's four percent it's actually four
0: nice I mean more, more IPAs like that
1: <laughs> yes I mean it's really more of a summer beer but we still have mm-hmm. some, a little bit left and I'm like oh, that's my go-to I because mm-hmm. I can have two or three of them and yeah, exactly I don't feel bad about it so yeah uh, but Big Sky Brewing the Moostrel, the Brown mm-hmm. all-time favorite and then all kinds of German beers but
0: <laughs> all right final two questions if you could go on any beer vacation where would it be
1: I've not been to Portland. So okay. I would say that I've been to uh, you know Belgium a couple of times. That's the ultimate right. But I think Portland. Great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done the Northwest. So Pacific Northwest, it's obviously.
1: We'll get there like, when all this mess is over. Yeah.
0: All right. Last question. Who would you most love to have a beer with? If you could walk into Hillman, sit at the bar and have a beer with somebody who would it be.
1: Dead or alive. It's a question I always get. Um, Okay, so, I'll answer both. Yeah, let's do both. Alive Michelle Obama. <laughs> dead. You're... Actually, he's not dead. Jimmy Page and Robert Plant. I'm Led Zeppelin freak.
0: Okay, so I guess okay. Robert. I'm both like... of those are alive, so they're not dead. No, we're good. So funny story. Uh, Leah said Barack Obama this morning. So that we, is. We got,
1: we got both the Obamas today. Yes, that's awesome. It's yeah. also
0: funny how many people pick politicians or f- it, I guess Michelle's technically a politician, will, will, but like get hey, a lot she's of like
1: doing her own thing. Yeah. yeah. She's got a, I get yeah. a lot
0: of Bernie, AOC, um, someone said Stacey Abrams. So it's, oh, yeah, she'd be awesome too. So it's, it's, it's weird how many politicians are repeats on this <laughs> podcast and I don't know what that says and that's definitely not a bad thing, but it's, it's cool that, you know, I think maybe it's cool that beer people are so interested in politics because it is obviously a big part of owning it's and running soft a brewery. Way
1: into politics, it's yeah. a the nice way to bring up politics. Is through a yes, it beer.
0: <laughs> Michelle Obama would be fun. They, um, I guess, it was the inaugur- one year from the inauguration. So those pictures of her and Brock coming out came out again. I was like, God, she looked so good. They I both miss did. Them. I miss them. <laughs> I need to. I need to. I I need to read both their their books. Me I'm too. Sure one day just I'll talk, start reading. I read two books in a week and I was like, Oh, this is so wow. great. And I haven't touched a book in like three weeks.
1: <laughs> hey, but at least you did that. That's awesome. I,
0: but half of the time I was on a plane. So that was a great time to read. Now I'm like back and I'm like, well, okay. Don't have that real time to read. Just plain time to read.
1: That's funny. funny.
0: Randy, thank you so much for waiting yeah, on here with me. Um, next time in Nashville, I'll make sure to, come try and find you and check Please out the, shoot me a message. the yes. old fort one uh the old fort location